This is Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Morning Jolt is a production of Spoke Street Media. Wake up! Hello, Sister Ignatia. Here again with my really good friend and sister, Sister Maria Gemma. Here I am, Lord. Here. <laughs> Do you want to break into song? Yeah. <laughs> the topic of Christian anthropology came up in one of our discussions on gender and identity and the idea that we can't like in our sphere of influences and in like on a college campus anywhere where we are right now we can't take a christian anthropology for granted and assume you know we all have this like shared understanding and language so there has to be this like reteaching would you say a representation of yeah. a christian anthropology in our world like any like thoughts yeah how do we go about doing that even I mean that's yeah so I think let's just start with what is anthropology like when we talk about that like okay so we're talking about this the human person what basically what is the human person what brings about that human person's flourishing and fulfillment Mm -hmm. right and so the world has a way of seeing the human person we would call something like secular anthropology but our faith has enlightened us through divine revelation to see the human person the way the human person was created by the creator, God, to be. And so this is what we call Christian anthropology. How has God made us and what has he made us for? Mm. I mean, a good starting place for this conversation, let's just read a couple verses here from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So I think the first thing that strikes me is from verse 26 when God says, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And so when we talk about who the human person is, we're in the image and likeness of God and he made us in a certain way. And when we try to change that, to make ourselves in our own image and likeness, to try and, you know, create our own identity rather than receive the identity God Mm -hmm. gave us. That's when we start to get confused. And that's when we start to not understand Mm -hmm. who we are and what we're created for. Do you think that's like a, I mean, the idea of existentialism came to mind. Okay. I'm going to like break that down a little bit of like that existence comes before being as in to say like, I don't receive my identity. I don't receive my being. So like, yeah, how do you talk to somebody? Like to me, it seems that like if I reject that truth, yeah, my life is thrown into chaos and confusion if I reject this like plan of the creator who's given me my identity. If I reject that, it seems that it's obvious that everything else is falls apart. But to the existentialist quote would say like no I create that that's like I create who I am yeah how do you go into dialogue with that I yeah guess? 
that's how we get to where we are today, yeah. right? That's how we get to like, oh, I'm gender non-conforming. Like mm-hmm. I'm not man, I'm not a man or a woman. I'm not male or female. Gender is just a social construct. It doesn't actually mean anything. It, it, all of these things. And we see this confusion in our world that basically comes to a head when we actually have human beings going into surgery to change their bodies to match how they feel about themselves or to match the identity that they have created for themselves. And so how do we engage this topic? How Mm -hmm. How do we continue to love people who are suffering in this way? How do we continue to promote the church teaching when it clearly is going to make people feel like they're doing something wrong or they're unaccepted or they're isolated. I mean, these are all questions that we're facing today Mm -hmm. that we're going to have to continue to face. Mm -hmm. So like the two-pronged like understanding, yeah, seeking, like we've said before, like seeking to understand someone who's going through that suffering, but at the same time, like, yeah, proclaiming the truth of what it means to be human and like living that fully, like to not shy away from that because it is attractive. Like it's, yeah, I think some of the best like pictures of JP2 of like just like living life on the side of a mountain, like he's like fully alive. That's attractive. And it's more so than just like, yeah, the teaching that he wrote down or um, he was living it. Yeah. And so our idea of what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman is distorted by modern culture and and by media. And when our children in schools are taught about the gender unicorn or the gender bred Mm -hmm. person, and they're taught that actually it's normal to think, you know, you're a different Mm -hmm. gender than your body represents. This is just going to continue to cause more and more confusion, which is why we need to return to the roots and be grounded in the foundational truths that go all the way back here to Genesis. Mm -hmm. We can read right here where it says, male and female, he created them, right? Mm -hmm. I I mean, this is a text that goes back thousands of years. And sure, people can say, which is exactly when we need to update it. Or we can say, Mm -hmm. this is actually a stable truth that has built societies. Like, God's first command is be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. So have a family, mm-hmm. right? That this foundational unit of society, the family is maybe it was John Paul II who said that in, in an encyclical. Yeah. God is is family. Yeah. Is that where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so just that society has been built on this. So then when going a couple episodes back when we talk about critical theories, then that want to come in and question the status quo and want to mm-hmm. question everything. There's critical theories around gender also and sexuality. And so when we start to question these kind of foundational things, we're going to find society crumbling and falling because we don't have that stable foundation anymore Mm -hmm. as a culture. And when we receive, especially like young people that don't have much of a family to speak of or yeah, their identity can't be grounded in relationships, healthy relationships maybe. And so then they've kind of found the secular anthropology to be true and like something where they find maybe a little bit of hope. Yeah, I guess like the word hope could just got, comes to mind of saying like, those all might be your experience, but I want to give you hope that you can be loved more. You are capable of loving more. You are capable of being healed. You're capable of 
yeah, not being confused and not being totally feeling, I don't know if this is really how you might be feeling, but always feeling like who you are and your identity is always like thrown into question and up for grabs like every day. Like that's not a good way to live. And like, that's, yeah, something more is like possible for you. Yeah. And I I hear in sister and what you just said, I hear a call to Christian families to open Mm. their hearts and their homes to be that model and example for those who don't have it. Mm. And I think the church in general is structured to be that. And that's why it's very sad when we come to our churches and nobody talks to us. (laughs) Everyone just races out of the parking lot. It's definitely a call to look around you, see who is there by themselves, reach out a hand and say hello, Mm -hmm. extend Mm -hmm. an invitation. These normal human things that (laughs) (laughs) require us to see the person next to us as human and not just something else filling space in the room, but a real immortal soul Mm -hmm. hungering for relationship and communion, which is why we come to mass. Mm -hmm. I know I always am struck that. um, So the Eucharist is like the means of that unity. And I guess it just reiterates to me that like Christian anthropology must be is like taught and learned and like almost like absorbed in the context of relationship and like community. Yeah. We're not just, yeah, looking at our young people or um, individuals to like figure it out intellectually in their brain, get themselves right before they can then like act in society and be stand-up human beings, you know, like, yeah, that process of healing has to happen within the community. Like that's what Christian anthropology means. Yeah. And I would say, you know, just to Catholics who are listening, whether you're young adults or older adults or whoever you may Mm -hmm. be, part of being Catholic that comes when we're confirmed is we're taking this faith upon ourselves. So if you yourself are listening to this and you're thinking, I don't actually know what these people are talking about. I don't know why they're Mm -hmm. talking about male and female are the only two genders when our world is clearly going a different direction. Mm -hmm. Then you know what? Like you have the responsibility to learn what the church teaches and why. Yeah. And where does the responsibility lie to change culture? It lies within each individual heart mm-hmm. first. So we ha- we have to have that. Again, we come mm-hmm. back to this humility of heart that I don't know everything, but I know that the church has the fullness of truth and I can mm-hmm. place my trust in that. And if there's something I don't understand, let me find something to read. Let me ask someone. And so a recommendation, John Paul II's Theology of the Body, is actually not inaccessible. Yeah. It's very readable and beautiful. And he builds it so well. Like, yeah, you do need to start from the beginning. And he builds it into um, just, yeah, a beautiful tapestry of what it means to be human. Another like resource that came to mind as you were talking, the Restore the Glory podcast, if you haven't heard of it, it's an awesome podcast. Just dealing with a lot of just like human realities in yeah, confronting them with scripture and divine revelation, but also with the the understanding that these areas need healing. So like, how do we bring the truth into healing? And um, yeah, I think that could be really fruitful for someone who like, yeah, is hearing maybe these ideas of Christian anthropology and, you know, that doesn't make sense with my experience. Your experience is still like valid and like, let's find healing. And so here's what we're saying. We're not saying Hello, you LGBTQ person, you need to find healing. 
Mm. We're saying to everyone listening, (laughs) (laughs) amen. (laughs) you need to find healing. And I'm saying to myself, I need to find Mm -hmm. healing. And I continue to, and I continue Mm -hmm. to seek it. And the more we can enter into our own healing, like healing our broken ways of thinking, healing our broken ways of relating, Mm -hmm. the more others can enter into that with us and we can form communion and unity. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point because... I can better enter into someone else's experience if I've gone to my darkest place too and found my own healing. Like I know like Jesus has to come down in that dark place with me and to like see that process in another human being that like I can, yeah, we don't have the same experience, but we all need it. It's a human experience to like need healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Can we just pray for, yeah. pray for that for yeah, our listeners? Great. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just thank you for the good, good plan that you have for our lives, that you have for us as human beings, as men and women created in your image and likeness. We just thank you. We praise you for that. Father, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon everyone listening to this podcast, upon our whole church, that we just come to love the human beings that you've created us to be to love ourselves first and foremost so that we can step out and love others as equal human beings worthy of respect and love. Father, I thank you and praise you that you've given us a promise of hope and that your gifts and your truth and your goodness um, continues to to grow and get better. And uh, Jesus, I ask you to, in particular, just enter into the lives of our listeners where hope is needed, that uh, you are that light and you are the very gift of that promise of hope. Yeah, just bring hope into whatever darkness might be there. Yeah, you've come to bring us into the fullness of life and we want uh, we want more, more of you. And Jesus, we ask all of this in your most precious name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Sister Angel. Thank you, Sister Ignisha. What a gift. I hope you like Religious Life as much as I do. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, contact us at our website, ssfpa.org. He leads, I follow. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.